Welcome to another edition of Inside the Passion of Brew. Oh yeah, today we are in East Hampton, Connecticut, and we're paying a visit to a couple who's just about to, uh, to live their dream, and we're going to explore some of the obstacles and the challenges that they have hurdled to get to where they are today. And you know what? Today's a damn good day. Ain't it my man Nate on the uke? How good is it? That orange cat was sitting on daddy's lap Asking for that jalapeno jack Here we are, wrap it up What's up guys? How you doing? How you doing, doing Lamont? Sheila? And Mike, the proprietors of Fat Orange Cat Brew Co. Did I get that right? You did. Oh, you yeah. Did. Perfect. You guys come a long way. We sure have. How many months has it been now since you guys first started out? 16, 16 months. months. We first started 16 months ago. And uh... It all started with, uh, we entered a contest up in Brattleboro. And we did quite well, and people had some great comments. And we looked at each other and said, hmm, what do you think? Should we explore this? We could really do this, because we had knocked it around. But then we no, you are really good at this, Mike. You know, we, could re we can really do this. So. Do what? Open a little brewery. Right here? Yeah, right here. In our, in our barn. Well, so it's, it's a farmhouse brewery now. That's correct. It is. It's, it's a brewery. tiny little homestead farm. And... I love it here. I mean, you, you have goats, you have chickens, a cat, <laughs> a dog. Is that an oak? It is. Beautiful oak. Nate. Got a greenhouse. Got up. Oh, thank you. Got a greenhouse. Thank you. You guys, you guys got hops growing? Yes, we do. Oh, my God. That's right. Uh, and what was that hop called? Oh, that was Zeus, the that one was that's Zeus. really taking off. Zeus. My Zeus. untended hops. And we haven't had a lot of rain here in, uh, in Connecticut tough. in the past, like, yeah. four weeks. I mean, we got a flash thunderstorm, and that was it. And, you know, hops, they love water. They love water, and the, the thunderstorms coming through are very little water. It's just like a flash, flash of water, and then the storm's gone. So. Not even a flash flood, just like yeah. a flash flash. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's my man Nate. He was on the uke. Uh, Nate is the... Uh, well, the beer expert, the beer manager, the beer buyer at uh, one of the larger package stores in our area. Uh, sure, discount, shout out. Glad to see you here, man. That was nice. Nice playing on the nice. Thank you. Beautiful. That was a beautiful It was intro. beautiful. Thank you. It was, uh, it was tough. All, all the warm-ups for it, I felt I nailed it, and I feel I faltered. But, no. Uh, you know, no, you were good. No, you were good. You're going to listen to no, the no, playback. No. Yeah. And, and I think I was... worst critic. That I know, right? Yeah. I think yeah. I was channeling a little uh, a fat orange cat. So why don't we get some history behind that? Yeah, I, I have a question. I'm sorry, I started you You said you started a competition. You entered the competition, Bradderboro. That's right. I'm curious why you chose Bradderboro, and I'm also curious on what... Um, what section of the competition you entered what what uh platform was it good IPA? question was it a good question i i entered the competition i happened upon it when i was doing some work on the web and i saw this competition in brattleboro vermont well what kind of work on the web 
I don't remember what it was. It was beer related. It was. Um, <laughs> so I'm saying that it, it better have been. I that I don't recall. But I, I got a nice laugh but, out of you, Sheila. But I will I tell I'll loosen up a little bit. But why Brattleboro, Vermont? Mm-hmm. I have a history as a child going up through adulthood of, of actually um, spending a lot of summers on vacation in Vermont. When I, when I think of Vermont, I think of a, of, of a beautiful place. And I said to myself, what a great place to enter a competition. I love Brattleboro. We could go up there for a, a weekend and, and have some fun and, and, and you know, enter our first competition and see how we do. And it was the New England Pro-Am, so it was pros and the amateurs, so that was oh, a nice. lot of fun. Oh, cool, cool. And I entered, um, I had a, a, a Belgian quad, I had an IPA, and I also had a Belgian double. That's what, I entered those three beers. You three of them? Oh, I had wow. three beers, right. And <clears throat> the, the problem with entering two dark beers, the, the way the contest was structured it was light beer and dark beer so the general population was voting on the best dark beer and the best light beer so i two dark beers and one light beer some people love the double and some people love the quad so they're voting separate by two beers meanwhile other people who knew what they were doing who've done this before had one light beer and one dark beer so part of my votes for the dark beer went to one style of right. beer. Right, so you were and, split. So I was like competing against, against myself. yourself, yeah, and I, you were split. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you want to talk about a learning experience. Yeah, but you beat oh, yourself. Man. I beat myself. Quadzilla beat <laughs> severe tire damage. Quadzilla came out number one. It's a dark beer. That was the other beer. Nice. And I, I had people coming up to me saying, there's no way, there's no way in the world that this beer, that bat, by the way, was 11.3%, was, is 11.3%. So a couple of the people there that were um, locals in the area, I reached down, I grabbed a 22-ounce bomber bottle, and I said to them, okay, do me a favor. Tomorrow morning, while you're reading the newspaper, before you have any breakfast, drink that, and you tell me if it's 11.3%. That, that's the, the beer was, I, I thought the beer was, was, was that good that it, 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 it hid the, the alcohol content. Yeah, yeah. So that was it was pretty pretty much fun. It was it was wonderful. And and you and you took gold. We did. We for took the, the first am, place for the amateurs. For, for the yeah for the yeah for the amateur show. That's awesome. It was wonderful. Yeah. And so the drive back from uh, Brattleboro, you guys were smiling. We were talking about it. I said, "It's funny." Before that, when I'd brew, Sheila would say, "Hey, Mike, I don't, let's turn the whole house into a brewery." Because you were apologizing for the smell. The smell. Because I turned one of the bathrooms into a little fermentation room. Little fermentation room. room. And I was like, I don't I don't care fermentation. If you turn the whole house into a brewery was sort of our joke. And when beer ferments, it gives off this odor. Mm-hmm. And only a a passionate beer <laughs> lover would love that smell. And and I would apologize to Sheila. Even she would say, "Mike, let's just turn the whole house into a brewery." And that was prior to the contest. And then on the way home, we started talking about making that a reality. So maybe we can do this. We have a beer that people really like. Maybe we can do this. It was a precog. <laughs> it was a precog. <laughs> yeah. Which we both believe. We both believe that precogs exist. And then when you got back, uh, Sheila just picked up the ball and it was, went to town hall. It was probably a week later yeah. that you did that. Not even following week it was on a weekend i went in so what, what, what motivated you to go there because i know you just talked about it and like so um you went to town hall i mean yeah because you just i down the gates and because i from my background is more like as a teacher doing the whole mundane business side of that or grant writing or that kind of thing that i've done um, i.e paperwork paperwork <laughs> and so i don't brew beer you know i and I really just sort of decided to take that role on and said, look, I'll just be the business manager. Right on. It was like, um, and I've lived here for so long, too, in this town that I felt really comfortable. Like, I had been down to P&Z for other stuff and down to, so I just, like, oh, I'll go down there. I think you went down Small there town. trying to inquire, this is what I want to do. 
what do I need to do to right. get there? Yeah. And they yeah. did they they kind of kind of laughed. No, at they were great. They sent me they to the great? health department and they laughed. Oh, at the me. health. Yeah, the health. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. You're gonna, you're gonna open a brewery here in town. Yeah, yeah, right. They were holding back their laughter. <laughs> yeah. They were like, "Here you go, darling." I know. Well, little did they know that Sheila was on the on the mark, and she uh, it was amazing what you did. Well, I want to roll back to the fat orange cat. Billy. 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 Billy was our fat orange cat. I mean, uh, Billy must have been something special. I mean, your name in this uh, this venture. Billy would sit and watch me brew for at least two to three hours at a time. Just hanging out with me at the picnic table when I was home brewing. And just hang out with me. So he was brewmaster Billy. He was brewmaster Billy. Did he give you any like inspiration for brews? Like, you know, you came up with an idea and you looked over at Billy and Billy was like giving you the nod. <laughs> I talked to him. He, you know, I talked to him. I, yeah, it's, he's, he's a companion. I mean, people talk to plants, they talk to, I talk to Billy. You do? Yes, now I never developed a recipe while talking to him, mm-hmm. but he inspired me. Awesome. <laughs> did, did Billy ever get to taste anything? That's no. a good question. <laughs> That's a great question. Not that uh, you know of. Not in, right. In, in my in my history of dealing with cats, they're almost too smart because they because they know they there's won't, no alcohol in it. Yet. No, they, they're almost too smart. They won't they won't taste beer. They won't drink beer because they know it's bad. You know, they know it's bad for them. Right. On the, on the flip side, dogs will just lap it right. To, they'll just drink it till they're you know drunk. Yeah. But no, the Billy never tasted any of the beer. No, not even like in the process when you're just doing the wart because it's not alcoholic at that no, point. No, no, no. On, on a, he would have had to get up and move towards something. He was uh, happy to slip. Uh, he was just like, I got you. Right. Yeah. It's too much work. He's like, I'm support. I need to be here. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, I'm His chill. His goal was very clear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He would have to get up, and that's kind of a lot of work to get up. So, uh, and Billy, uh, I mean, I know you mentioned that he passed. Yes. And so... Um, did he, did he pass during this, this paperwork process of getting this up and going or? He passed right before, um, Brattleboro, I think. Right? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah. So, yeah. so he was already we gone. We were saying, we're going to do this. We're going to have a brewery. We threw around so many names, but we just both, this is it. We couldn't. So he, he every... passed and he just gave you like the golden ticket to go yep. to Brattleboro. Yep. And you got it and you're coming back and you're still running with it. Yeah. Absolutely. So when we went to Brattleboro, I was up there in a homebrew contest. It wasn't business. It wasn't Fat Orange Cat. It was just me and Sheila. Yeah. So it probably was a couple of months later when we came up with the name. After the whole going through the whole process. And we tossed around a bunch of names. And uh, like we, we talked about one, Road to Nowhere. Yeah. But we said that was too um, Too much of a downer. Well, I love the Talking yeah. Heads, so I know it was yeah. too much, oh, to go, too much of an too. homage to Talking yeah. Heads. But it was too. R-O-D-E because I was a cyclist at the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so but we it, uh, it was... we squashed that idea, and then uh, I don't know. Well, you kind of had a light bulb moment with light the Billy bulb moment. thing. Yeah, Bad Orange Cat. And, and uh, just both. Were like, yes. Yeah, I yes, love it. It yes. works. You know, we were looking for something different. We I don't know. We just didn't. We wanted something different. And um, and you are something. This good. this fit the bill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a small farmhouse brewery in in Connecticut. Um, what you modeled yourself a little after Kent Falls. Well, that's a good. That's a good. Kent that's a good Falls story, yes. taken down from, you know. I know they're they're large. Yeah. But like I, mean, I said, small farmhouse brewery. Yeah, and uh, the laws in East Hampton prohibited this from happening. But our P and Z person, she's left since this time. But Daphne Schaub, she, um, we realized, wow, we can't exchange money for alcohol in a residential area. It's on the books in East Hampton, as it is in many towns. And uh, so we were kind of crushed. I had a, one night of like a lot of crying, and uh, she found out that Kent Falls had had the same issue, and we just basically used their language that they used for a regulation zone change and applied it to East Hampton. So without her, there's so many, there are certain people that were just so integral in this and she was definitely one. And she's like, 
you could do this, but yeah. you have to change the law. Are you she up for that idea. battle? She and came I up said, with the idea. Absolutely. Said, Let's do it. I yeah. am ready for that. But she said it's going to be a like a smackdown. It did. It took like five months. But now, yeah. when you got to that point, you guys are you're committed. Um, so when she puts out there, are you up for this? You guys are all in already. Oh, completely. So yeah, we were in. You're in. We were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in. And you, you were. Know, she in. believed in us, and without her, this would never, never happened. But you also believed in yourselves. We I mean, did. you when before you went to town hall, you guys were like, you know, all right, we're going for this. We're going for this, and we had a passion, and but we did say there's going to be naysayers. There's going to be people that are going to stand up and say, not in our town. No way. You not knew in my that neighborhood. Off the bat. We Yeah, we, uh, we expected that. We expected that. Like We've heard that from other people and... doing this in other towns. Yeah. And it's tough. some it's of the things really that tough. they were mentioned at these meetings was incredible. Like we, can you give me some ideas? Okay, oh, not so we, in East Hampton though. They were No, great. but other towns. And um somebody tried to put a brewery in, in East Haddam. Tried for two years. And at one of the meetings somebody stood up and said, Mr. So and so, what would prevent a bicycle, I mean, a, a, motorcycle. a motorcycle gang to drive down from New Hampshire and take over our town. <laughs> really? How, yes. Really? Now, now, at, at a town meeting, what I'm do you say? I'm not kidding. You can't, you, can't, you can't insult people. What you do you say? You can't insult, and you're like, you guys say, well, it's, 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 somehow it's probable. No, out the window. Now, this is very probable. Oh, my God. But it's, it's, it's Yeah, it's, that could happen. Yeah. But it won't, you know what I'm saying? And they talked about the smell. When you coat, when you when you cart away all the all grains, the, odors. Gonna, like, what the odors? odors. I mean, now we heard this from the first selectman. He told us his stories. Yeah, because and he, he said really to us, said, "Good luck, but he I said, don't, Good don't get your hopes luck. You're gonna need it." So we said, "Oh boy, okay." Yeah. So we went in there with some expectations of of having a problem with defenses up, really, just like. Yeah, but that's good. I, I mean, mean that's a, it's a good, a good mental. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, training right there going into the battles oh, being totally. like, okay we get we really got to fight for this you know yeah and we went to the meetings and we didn't come across one naysayer everybody really not us. one not one no i heard afterward behind the scenes there are a few people um that were approaching the powers that be that were like kind of old school people that were not and they favorite, had some but, concerns yeah but they did not come and voice them during the public exactly. hearings it never, nothing had, ever like, do you know what their concerns were um, setting up, opening that door. No, change. not motorcycle gangs. Um, we already have those in East Hampton, and we love the well, motorcycles. Well, my, my, my answer to that question. So, yeah. We have Angelico's Lake House, exactly. which is like the hub of motorcycles, you know, going out in the summer. Well, so that was my answer to that. That's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, no, not That would be my answer to the hypothetical question if they asked me about no, motorcycle it gangs. it was changed. Well, they did go up to... Um, Angelicos before no, they came here. Right. But it's opening that door anyway, in a residential right. area. Yeah. yeah. And just the fear of change. You've been in town for forever. People have done like right. that. Right. And know. so we did approach, we had to send a certified letter to each abutter. So we approached them beforehand. And thank God, they're all wonderful. We're so psyched, all on board, have been coming, some of them to our tastings. So we are very lucky because one neighbor, one abutter who was not in favor of it really could have shut it down they all thought it was a great idea we, we met the guy across the street here and we walked into his house and um he had some company and it was sunday around 11 30 in the morning we walk in and on his mantle is a beautiful beautiful german growler and we beautiful. both look at each other we're like yeah we got him yes so we started <laughs> we had a conversation with him and one of his guests get up and says man you're making me really thirsty goes to the refrigerator he pulls out a wine cooler. He sat down. He poured his wine cooler, and he, you know. So they were off our checklist. Yeah. Ching, that neighbor. <laughs> we're good. And then what about on the other side? Um, they were all great. Young Beautiful. couple, young family, all on board. All have come here to have beer, and then a retired couple in the back who have also joined us for a beer or two. So. The family down the way here, we went to, to knock on their door and they weren't home. So we left a note saying, you know, Sheila across the street, whatever. We're here to talk about, you know, opening a brewery in our, in our property. And we just wanted to talk to you personally. Before you get the certified letter, I just want to talk to you. So a week later, a, second, yeah. a week so later, we're out working scary. in the yard and it's, it's Sunday at noon. 
and he and his wife come walking up the driveway and he has an open beer in his hand. Now he didn't drink the beer, but he said, I'm making a statement. This is a prop. Because he was actually uh, coaching his son's hockey team mm -hmm. that afternoon. He didn't want to have any alcohol. But he said, this is a prop. We totally support you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and one other story, we heard that um, a, a woman who lives up Jacobson Farm here uh, across the street in a little development, um, I believe she was part of the family that used to own this entire property. Yeah. Old. And we heard from the town hall that if there's one person who's going to really give you a hard time, it's going to be Mrs. Jacobson. And uh, we said, oh, okay, okay. Once um, she when, when she found out that we were doing this, she pinged us on Facebook and said, "Did she call you Sheila?" Yeah, well, she, she said, "Well, you know, I see you walking that cute dog past my house. You know, maybe you can deliver." Do you deliver beer? <laughs> you know what? Yes. Oh, so, awesome. so that is we, awesome. We, I know. So I was like, we are so there. But we, what we need to do is follow up and I know. actually now we deliver. Really need to we have deliver. to deliver. Yeah, you have to deliver. Give a little care package. I think Thank you will. for the support. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So everyone was great. behind this. And the town, all the people, the economic development committee, we stood up in front of and, and the planning and zoning. It was unanimous. They all wanted this to happen in this town. That's great. It just took five months because we had to go through all the, the legal hoops, and that's yeah, a big deal. But I think it's an interesting town in that it's a big mix of people because I know the Shabine guy we met who owns Shabine, he lives in Marlboro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, he tried, they looked at Marlboro first, and uh, just it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, it didn't happen in East Haddam. And even our the old uh, senior plumber said to Mike, who's working on our barn, like, how did you do this? So mm. I think it was just a really good combination of people and open-mindedness and... And the timing. I think the, the timing yeah. was perfect. But, I was just going to say the timing. Yeah. also the yeah. timing with who was in positions Position. at that time. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like when the universe comes together... Yeah, there's a to synchronistic make a, thing. Exactly, and it just kind of ushers you through. They, The town wanted to put East Hampton on this brewery map. It was quite clear that they wanted that. So they totally supported us. Now, where did you have, after that, five months, you know, going through uh, dealing with the local town stuff, what were some of the uh, upcoming obstacles that you guys... What would come next? Well, there's Alcohol, Tobacco Trade, Bureau, TTB with the feds. Then there's the two state things. Um, but then it's also so many things because it's... But what came area. next? As soon as you're like, oh, yeah, we got the support. Oh. You know, all right, let's go for it. And then what was the next kind of like Was that the health coop? department? Just finding money for everything, the health department. It just got so much bigger than we thought it would be. And bigger because? Of a gray water system should have been fine, but our health department wanted a full septic. Um, and they consider us a restaurant, so they they're wanted the five They're treating us as if we're sinks. having a whole restaurant on Are you premises. serving food? No. That didn't matter to them. It's We're yeah. serving something, and it's liquid. And and, and so we had a, we've really struggled um, with our regional health department as far as... Sorry, guys, if you guys are listening, but you know it's tough with you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are doing your job I and whatnot. Know, but, oh, my God, five We just sinks. want to let people five know sinks? what that job is. Well, they, five really, sinks. they really wanted to, us to put a restroom in. And we, you know, we kind of described to them, we're just doing tastings. And if you like the beer, if you don't like the beer, then you walk away without buying it. You, you buy a growler, but you can't consume it on the property. All you're doing is consuming tastings on the property. We couldn't understand why they wanted us to put it in a public restroom. Yeah, so basically, someone there said, "Well, there is this thing for as a you know you can go to you can go to the state building department and try to do an override, and um, but that's really tough over your local health department." Now, did you guys have a that. budget when you went into this? Like you kind of, I mean, Sheila, you're the. You, that was your end. You're well, the business yeah. person, well, right? Did you guys I'm more work like together? like marketing, but we work together on the business because Mike has a fi financial. Oh, right. He's a CPA. You have a financial background. So um, we had a budget and we've exceeded that. Yeah. I knew we also the, knew that we might exceed it. I knew what all the equipment was going to cost me. And, and um, 
you know, things like having to install a septic tank was not part of the budget. Um, things like that. Mm -hmm. five, now, five, cents. five cents. But we also really, we're going on, this is a very low budget operation. Like if we couldn't do it here, we were not going to be able to do it. We could not rent a space. Okay. Well, why, why couldn't you just tell the town, like, we got a porta potty? We rent out a porta potty. The health, no, they, they, the health department would not allow that. They would allow it for temporary, like for a party. Right, like not this have Sunday, we have a installed. porta potty coming right. because its taxes are well too much, but oh. not as a permanent. And one town over, you know, yes, we could do that, but not here. Huh. So I went to the state building inspector and wrote a letter. And again, our building inspector in town had to support it and write a letter. He's gone now, too. It would never happen right now. It was really like a synchronistic thing with the wow. people who were in there because he was so supportive, wrote a letter to the state building officials, and we got this restaurant room waiver. So if anyone needs a restroom, they're only here for about 20 minutes, they can come in the house. We have two bathrooms. So is you it, know, mm -hmm. uh, I know we're talking about the process, but I'm also curious, after it's all said and done, is there, is there room to expand, or are you pretty much are held by the confinements of, of what is right now if we put a bathroom in or even a like a cold storage room for kegs and, st and stuff we'd have to actually add on because we're we've designed the interior of the brewery to use up all of space and it's it, we're, we're tight in there we might be we like to think of ourselves as like a bit, like a, we love sean lawson um in yeah. vermont yeah. and he yeah. just stayed in his he's bigger than this but still not that big and he just contract brews Yep. And so when I saw that model, I thought we could really be here and then contract brew if, if we're if successful yeah. and we yeah. take off. That's cool. We're just trying to, you know, our goal, our, our initial goal was let's, if we do this, which we're going to do this, we, and we've done this, is we're going to um, create a market and create a brand. And so Sheila's been really going crazy with the social media. We've had tastings. We've had you know, Facebook pages, and the brand, I think we're well on our way of, of creating that as well. Yeah, and the beer well, I think you're itself. already, right. I think the yep. beer is the brand. Yeah, it is. And then the location so it's is like, part of the brand yeah, so and the story. It's like, right, kind it's of natural. Met, we've met those two goals, and we haven't even opened yet. That's yeah. what's surprising. And, you know, I don't know what to expect when we open. I, I don't know how much beer we're going to sell. But I, I can tell you this, it's like, you know, restaurants want to carry some of our beer, so that's a good thing. At, 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 up through this point, we've been giving our beer away at parties or tastings. And about I've always said, people will drink anything you give them, but will they buy it? I know. Will they, will they I actually know. buy it? Everyone tells Mike, you're going to be so successful. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really successful with yeah. So if, 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 if I said to Lamont today, Lamont, you want a beer? It's going to be three bucks. Would you buy it? Yeah. So how much is a growler? <laughs> you kidding me? After the first taste, that I was like, you know, you could so say yeah, five bucks. I just, uh, I'm in. I yeah. really don't know. No, but we're just being. Cautious. But that's a really we're good. Being cautious. But that's a good point. Yes, we're being cautious. We. But we take I one think small step at a time. you know you have restaurants that are interested, yeah. and I think that's the. That's a great place to come out of the gate with. Yeah. I mean, you already know. Yeah. That there's a demand in the marketplace for what you guys are producing because the people who are on the front lines in the trenches, like my man Nate here, yeah. they're already digging what you're producing. Yeah. So that already makes you, you know, you just jumped right into the contract brewing relationship yeah. right away. So everything, people that come through here, that's just gravy. You know what I mean? That's I mean, exactly what we're hoping. Yeah. And that's what we're striving for. And uh, we're going to try to get there. Exactly. But as I said to you guys before, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I think what we talked about earlier before we were on mic was uh, the transition from home brewer uh, to master home brewer, award-winning home brewer, and whatnot. Going into this commercial, becoming commercially viable, and, you know, creating just more beer than you're used to creating. And that transition, can you, 
rap a little bit about that? Yeah, it's um, it's obviously new to me. I've, I've always done five-gallon batches, and now I'm doing 25. I'm trying to do 30-gallon batches, but the system won't allow me to do that. I'm maxed out at 25. I can't do any more than that. But still, it's it's a lot more than what I was used to. So I, I need to to design or, or change the recipes to go from 5 to 25 gallons. And we talked earlier about it's not just a, okay, let's take all these, the grain bill and multiply times 5. Right. It's let's not take the hops and multiply times 5 because... It doesn't work that way. The, the The way this new system works is I have a certain amount of wastewater that I have to, that I'm not going to actually be able to keg because the pot's much bigger. I've got hoses now that, that wastes a lot of beer. So I have to actually add more water than I'm expecting to, to have for beer. And when I need to, when I do that, I have to actually add more grains, more, more hops. And it's it, it's 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 a it's a situ- situation where I have to dial that in. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen over time when I actually get the, the recipes down to a point where I feel comfortable with them. Now, Nate, you had something that you threw in there about uh, a brewers that you talked to. Well, yeah, basically, basically what he said is that you know when when you expand, you know it's like uh, and you mentioned uh, Lawson's. I mean, like he went from his backyard making mm-hmm. probably around the same mm-hmm. size batches yeah. to getting a contract brewed now I, I don't know if he's you know some sort of beer genius or not to do that but it's like there is yeah you have to formulate it differently you're going d- bigger and especially contract brewing you're in a uh, I mean I'm, I'm using contract brewing but in general in that situation you're using different water as well so it's that's like a that's change. a great point so that is a really good we, point Sheila actually. and I have talked about this so that's what a beers really we good could point. and could not contract brew yep. so it depends on I think a lot of I'm not sure if Bill did it but I do think that they, they'll test like Bill might have tested his water went down and said you contract brew here because it's the closest to my water yeah or something I mean who knows and, but and they can di- yeah and conditioning the water yeah like I'm not, I'm not an expert on brewing like I've only brewed like five times and I've always done it with somebody so I mean I, I every everything I talk about but is water is where it begins and yeah, that's, absolutely you know I mean absolutely when I learned that you know you really need to condition water and it has an effect on your beer I I'm a big believer in water conditioning and that the, you condition the water based on the style of beer you're brewing. Can you give uh, give us an example? Sure. Uh, you know, our, we have well water here and um, our, the water that comes out of our well is, is, is delicious. It's very soft. It has very few minerals in it. And certain beers, most beers require a certain amount of minerals, um, um, calcium and, and magnesium and those sort of things. So it's easy for me to just add those minerals rather than having too many of those and having to cut the water with take um, it out take it out with that the, cut the water with either reverse osmosis or distilled water and then add back to where it need to be and the deep wells here in, in Portland East Hampton Colchester these deep wells have a significant amount of iron and even if you have a commercial grade filter your water still has too much iron in it now if if we had when a you say significant amount, we don't can have you this, put like a percentage, like what, 1% or? Um, I can't put a percentage, but I can tell you this. If you look at your shower, if you look at your dishwasher, it's orange from the iron. Mm-hmm. Other All places. these people. It has to go through a filter. And, it, and yeah. even when you filter it, you can't get enough of it out. We've actually had restaurants in town that have it closed because they couldn't filter out enough of the iron in the water. But you're not talking about our water. Our well Please is a shallow clear. well. Shallow. You know, you're talking about it's deep about, wells. Yes. Yeah. We're, so, we have a shallow well, and we're in the Salmon River tribute, um, waterway, which is it, so the, the the ground's very spongy at, at the at the shallow end of it, so our water comes out naturally filtered. And it's the most delicious water I've ever tried. Well, see, I I grew up with a shallow well too. Okay. And um, and we, you know, summertime you go through droughts and you don't have any water and it gets tough. But I remember growing up with that and it, it was the best water. And it's what mm-hmm. I, I call myself like a water Nazi now because I'm very specific on the water I like to drink. Right. Because I grew up with really clean water and I felt really healthy. And yeah. then I would go to the school and I couldn't drink this chlorinated water or go to my friend's house and I'd be like. What is this? You know, it was city, city water, or or they had a well too, and then at some point in time in our family, we had to actually drill a well, 
And oh, you said that's it. it. So yep. it actually drilled well. And now the water is not the same. Mm -hmm. There's something about it sitting kind of close to that surface area where it can filter through a lot of that, uh, I'm not sure, the type of soil it goes through. Spongy. Spongy, because yeah. right near our well was a lot of moss. And it was just really wet. And it was a natural filtration mm -hmm. system. And it was wonderful. So I understand. Yeah. On both yeah. ways, when you said that you guys were like, well, we got to like be worried about our water. Well, this is a big issue, right? Because the shallow wells, there's it's a slow recovery. And so we have been having a water issue here yeah. this summer. But we have um, our So that means it just, you, you get to dry, out. you it run out. Yeah, right. You run out. But if we dug a deeper well, then we would change the water. And right now, I think our water is like this just beautiful blank canvas for beer. I mean, because there's a vernal pool in the back, a pond over there, and so it's just like a big sponge where you can add anything in you want. So well, as opposed we, we're, to we're digging doing, deeper, can you build an additional shallow well? You know what we're doing? We're doing storage. We have a great plumber who um, is going to install storage tanks when we're not using it. It's filling tanks in the basement. So oh, we don't cool. have to go deeper with the well. We're going to have more storage in the basement. Yeah, so we'll have uh, 250 gallons so of we'll have, water yeah. at the ready at any time. Well, we don't use that much. during the, Even when I brew, I don't use that much. And we don't have a so dishwasher. It's just two of us here. So with the storage tanks, we won't compromise the water. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. cool. That's really cool. It was like when he told us that, we both were just... Yes. That That's my biggest day. fear. My biggest fear is, is not day. having enough water. It, it, actually, I use more water to cool the beer than I do to actually to brew it. Yeah. So So you could you could technically drill a well and have infinite water. Yeah. And then just use your shallow well for We could do just, that. We just could do a second if we had the money yeah. to do that. Yes, that we could do yeah, that. Yeah. That was yeah. we would that's love later, to that's do later that. on. That's later yeah, on. Yeah, that's once that's, that's after you once uh, jalapeno get jack big. goes <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's all later over on. The that's in the future in if we need to. Yeah. So that's been a, our biggest biggest hurdle right now is managing the water. So and my dog begins. crying at the door. <laughs> well, so I'll should be right back. we uh, should we let your dog in? Yeah, of course. Yeah. We'll let you know, I think I'm going to take a little break and oh, uh, go introduce my reintroduce myself to Jalapeno Jack Cream Ale. Oh, this stuff is and delicious. Be right back. I didn't mean to sound snappy. And you just used it. That's why I want to put so. some like some little penny or something in there. So, okay, last thing we talked about was water. And then we said, speaking of it, we're, you needed a refill, right? Yeah, I said that I wanted to reintroduce myself to Jalapeno Jack Cream Ale. So I think you should bring it in by talking about Jalapeno Jack Cream Ale. Let's talk about this. Mm -mm -mm. <sighs> Isn't it great? It's great. Glad you like it. Tell me about it. What I what I really like about this beer, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, we've done, we've done a number of tastings, number of um, charitable events where we give away our beer. The thing that I really love the most, and Sheila and I have talked about this, is when I pour when we pour one of these beers, I love to see the the, the look on their face, the reaction, because when people when I pour that beer, when or if Sheila pours that beer, the first thing to do is it gets this aroma of this jalapeno that's very strong. And you immediately say, oh my God, this is going to be so hot and peppery, I'm not going to like it. And we tell them, listen, try it, you're going to love it. And they sip it, and the expression on their face is priceless. Because I there's no I love that aspect of it. So uh, no how heat. would you describe the expression? Is it just surprise. like I mean, it's what, a surprise, pleasant they, surprise, yeah, very pleasant surprise. The the, the eyes open. A up few and, people say, "Oh, there's no heat." You know, that's the minority because um, some people really want that heat, and that's where we have tequila Sheila, which I think is like completely. <laughs> you should just do shots of it with lots <laughs> of citrus and. Well, but I mean, but the jalapeno Jack is uh, just a really nice, the flavor of the jalapeno without the heat. What I love about it, the res talking about responses from people, is uh, people who do not consider themselves to be uh, 
beer drinkers. Oh, absolutely. I was going to mention that. And yeah. Sheila, you're one. This is one of those beers. This is one of those yes. beers that's like a gateway to beer. I mean, it's it it's a gateway to beer for people who, you know, drink wine and spirits and really don't, you know, they're not digging on the beers. When they have this, it's it's something else. And that's what's great about the whole craft brew like culture and scene that everything's on the table and you can explore all these different flavors. There are so many different directions we, we that you can a, go. We were at a pouring at the uh, Connecticut River Museum fundraiser and a guy came up and, and said, my, my wife does not like beer. Um, what do you, you know, but I'd like to try a beer. I said, listen, do me a favor. And she came out, she came up to the, to the booth. I said, listen, do me a favor. Just, just try this beer. Just try it. If you don't like it, great. We, we said, do you like jalapenos? Yes. She tried not the, like beer. She doesn't like beer at all. And she tried the beer. She goes, oh my God. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Is that the woman who said, it tastes like summer? Yeah, I think that was her. Like, it tastes like summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's not a beer drinker. And she's you know? not a beer drinker. I love that. So, Sheila, I got a question for you, actually. Are you a tequila drinker? I'd love tequila. So, I because I, I, when I taste this, and you, know, mm. you got tequila Sheila and everything, and it definitely has the tequila things to it. And you say you're not a beer drinker. And I saw that you put the lime in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I and then I, I was like, boom, she is a tequila drinker. Yeah. I love tequila. Um, I love tequila too. I don't drink it too much because I, I drink it too, too. much. Like, <laughs> it, like, I love the hot. You know. So I, I, love, <laughs> I want to take this beer home just so I can make the best margarita. Because you add just a little bit of beer to a margarita. See, I didn't know this. Boom. Seriously? It's like, oh yeah, it's I amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't know this. Well, you know what? Before you leave tonight, we'll give you a growler of it, and you can yeah, we'll give you do what you want with it. No, 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 no. I'm gonna come back up here with really good tequila. Okay, great. And that's you and All right, baby. Right, right, right. right. Now he's talking. Are you gonna be here Sunday? Yes, Are you here I Sunday? am. I'll I will come up with Sunday. I will <laughs> I will bring I will bring some ingredients to make. Uh, uh, margaritas, and we'll, we'll we'll try it with the experiment. We'll just make a couple and see. Well, how that'd it goes. be fun. That's cool. That'd be great. That's see, great. See, I fact, didn't know this about the. A you add, bit basically, of beer. what happens is you add just a little bit of beer, and it gives it like a little bit of a frothy head on it. Right, little car. And this just is gonna add that next like big bang right to it, just to make it yeah. like excellent. You're gonna want another and another and another. You heard it here. You well, heard it here. Well, and our, Inside our good friend the passion Bo Colcho and Katya Colcho, he has the business, it's a brewer's warehouse in Hartford. Yes, I buy a lot of good stuff Good friends. And uh, the last, whenever they come over, because Bo's an amazing brewer too, but whenever they come over, they bring spirits or wine because they make spirits. They make liquor and wine too. Oh wow! Where, and the and last where are they? Uh, he'll be here. But where do they live? Sunday in um, Middletown, right? Higginum. Oh, Higginum. But yes. uh, so yeah, Katya and I slipped into the kitchen for a little shot of tequila at the last tasting <laughs> while everyone else is doing the beer. She's like, "Look that's, what I that's brought! That's a home, a um, home brew, not tequila. brew, but home. Oh, uh, really? What do you call it? Spirited, uh, whatever. I don't know. They distilled. make all kinds of booze. Distilled. So this makes me think of another. A side note. I know. Sorry, but uh, no, there's a gentleman over in Rhode Island, and he he does. Uh, he studied under Maker's Mark. Ooh. And he, what he does is he brews beer. He gets it to a certain point, doesn't let it ferment, and then he basically um, puts it right into his kettle, and he turns it to liquor. And he's got gins, he's got bourbons, and the stuff is incredible and it's it's pricey on the shelf but i met the guy i talked to him he is no joke and i think if you talk to him with this he would probably turn up tequila with it or you should just do it with your friends screw him do your friends so so he he <laughs> no he does, it's the he, same sort of thing i want to visit this I'm guy going off camera. Cool. My phone. talk amongst yourselves i'll be right back. okay <laughs> so he um, he actually he does a mash and he takes that mash and he Turns it and he distills it rather okay, than. Okay, so the best one he does is my favorite. Okay, this is what he does, and it's kind of really interesting. He basically he makes a gin. I love gin. Gin and tequila. Those are my I love two gin. liquors. Me too. I love my bourbon too, but gin and gin tequila. Gin and tequila. Those are my things. So he basically he makes a Belgian style beer. Yep. He makes a Belgian beer. Yep. And he starts distilling it, right? He puts it through 
This is my best of my knowledge. I don't remember it 100%. So right. if this is off, I'm sorry if he hears it. I'm butchering it, and I don't remember his name. Um, he then distills it, and he pushes... He has a gin basket that he fills with hops, and he basically forces this Belgian beer through all these hops. Right. And he, you get all the sweet notes... Of hops, you don't get any of the bitter. It doesn't matter what you have because you push it through so much. It's like right, a coffee it's, press. It's, You're like, right? Shh. Yeah, it's it's cold. It's cold. Cold pressed, yeah. And so, because it basically it comes out and then he forces through it at the last minute, so you wow. get the best of it. Wow. And it's an amazing gin. And so talk he, about unique. I mean, yeah, different. yeah, that's yeah. really. Jeez. Wow. And it makes me say, you know, stuff sits on the shelf. I feel really bad. I mean, it's really good. I'm like the only person that buys the damn gin. So you sell it in your store? Yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is it? Uh, does it taste like an ordinary gin, or is you it? make? Uh, you know, maybe I'll just buy it and bring we'll it over and send it. it for you. We would buy buy it. I love gins. I mean, because... do you mix that with uh, with uh, like tonics, or do you drink it on the rocks? I do. I, I'm a big gin and tonic guy. Yeah. But a lot of times, I I drink gin straight. So and uh, I do that. That is one of them you can drink straight. I I do enjoy it straight. I do enjoy making a tonic with it. Uh, but yeah. wow, it's uh, it, it I'd love to try on the mood you got. But it's great. I'll, I'll bring that over too. What's what's the label? What's it called? Uh, I don't do you remember. remember. Okay, I'm, but you I'm know you know the bottle. You could mull herbs into that too. That's what I do with my gin. Yeah, because I have that pineapple sage from mm. uh, Alex. Sage is actually really good. Yeah, mold in into alcohol. But I just yeah, take like fresh sage leaves or, you know, rosemary or whatever. You put it right in the drink? I put it right in my drink and, and I let it sit because gin is something I drink really slowly anyway. Yeah. Okay. So I just sip it. Maybe I'll put a splash of, um, of like San Pellegrino or, you know, a little seltzer. San Pellegrino I like because it's not too carbonated. Yeah. And just let it sit with ice and you just sip it slow. It's nice. Nice. What do you got there? What do you got there, Nathan? Well, they're talking about their friend that that, that uh, makes the spirits. Oh, and this yeah. Is the Shout one. out, Bull Cultural. And uh, it's empty, which shows how oh, good it is. Oh, <laughs> edit that. Never mind. I didn't know it was illegal in the state. You, you didn't license it. Oh. You Can we edit that part? Of course. Edit his name, I'll of course. That, no. It's Thank illegal. You. you can't you can't distill oh, spirits without that. a license oh. in, Connecticut, in, in any state in the country. No. Right, because then no, it's can. moonshine. Moonshine. No, no, you can't distribute it. You can't distribute it. You can't, you can't sell it. it. No, you can't distill it. No, but you can give it away. No, you can distill it. You can't distill it in your own home. Are you well, sure anyway, about that? I'm not sure about I'm that. not so sure either. No, it sounds like Mike looked into it. He's told me about that. Oh, so just like don't. That's so why their name's not on you it. you got to edit his yeah, name. no name on it. All, anyway. all we know is his name. We have a friend Mike, who distills They're the best. great stuff. No last names. That's all. No last name. No. Yeah, anyway. Thank you for sharing. That was great. I was sharing. And I'm sorry, there was a giant side note on this whole thing. <laughs> no, we're, we go off on tangents, like uh, insane tangents. So yeah, we do. Right we place. come back. But right now, I want to say, uh, hey, I want to say cheers. I want to say congratulations oh, yeah. to you guys thank for you coming down much. the home <laughs> stretch thank now. Thank you for having us on your show. Hey, absolutely. thank you guys for, for having us here in mm. this beautiful home. We were talking about this earlier, Nate. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just a great place to be. And the idea was uh, coming from, you know, radio station, professional, uh, you know, indoors, headsets, you know, to be able to go into the homes of these master brewers and uh, and kick back, drink some brew and be really inside the passion of brew and, and that's what this podcast series is about i just have a, have a, have a comment on that is that um you know, having you you guys here is wonderful because it, having a beer alone is absolutely no comparison to sharing it with people who love beer so i'm just very i'm, I'm actually honored to have you both here to enjoy beer together Cheers. 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 Thank you. Cheers. I'm grateful to be here. And I'm yeah. grateful to be here drinking great, great brew, man. I mean, glad you like. when when I pulled up and we were heading here and I was like, we're going down a dirt road. And I'm like, oh my God, where am I going? I was like, and I'm like I, I, told, I told Lamont earlier, I was like, I, I love Vermont and I love New Hampshire. Yeah. Like the dirt roads are like just the best. And I'm like, and I was like, is this their driveway? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so, um, on Saturday, we're going to have a sign up front. That's my goal. Yeah, oh, we want to okay. have our sign up because 
if you come in from Route 16, you know, it's more, mm -hmm. you know, off the main drag, but it's, if you come in from your direction, that's my commute down the dirt road. I down love it. That was awesome. That was great. I right? love it. And, uh, but it's hard to find. So we are going to, our sign is going up Saturday. Oh, good. We have friends, I have friends in Old Lyme. I grew up in New Jersey, but they're my parents' friends. So they're mid to late 80s. And one time they were just, he was so mad at me. He's like, I can't believe I can't find your house. We're just going home. We're not coming for dinner. I'm going home. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to stand at the end of the driveway. Yeah, you will find it. But now it's easier. This was like 15 years ago before the GPS thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah now it's all So, um, you know, one of the things that, that <laughs> Sheila and I um, wanted to do was, is, it's a very small little brewery, but it's we wanted it to have some charm. Well, it already does. I mean, the whole place is an oasis of charm. We wanted this brewery to be like a destination for people who just come here and just enjoy the yard. And just have fun. And, and have bring fun. your little kids. Yeah. And have fun. Kids, yeah. you know. So that was really yeah. our, one of our goals. And I, you know, we're, we're trying to strive to that. And, okay. uh, but we, we finished the show. Did we just been wrap up and now we're talking again? We're just, we're just, <laughs> we're just celebrating uh, and, um, okay. uh, yeah. Giving appreciation for, for where we are. Oh, good. Our company. And this yeah. place. Yeah, our company. Yeah. The company. And, and, I, and, you know, just and, this. And to meet you is, is thank you. It's yeah, great. I mean, yeah, you guys, Lamont. you guys. Yeah. I mean, coming in from outside, I know Lamont met you earlier, but, you know, like I said, I'm coming here. I'm like, where am I going? But, like, <laughs> when I walk up here, and I know you weren't here, and I just met Sheila. Yeah. But, you know, we were just, like, it was just so, what a wonderful energy of the place. And then you, you know, you're, you're a really lovely Sheila. And then when you showed up, it was just like, boom. I was like, these people are amazing. And then your, your little brewery out there is just so, it's a wonderful little yeah, piece is. that I just in general, like post and beam barn, I'm in love. Like I'm in <laughs> love. Like, and then watching just the, even I, it's not even complete yet. And I'm like, this is going to be something special. We're hoping meeting you, then yep. tasting the beer, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. we, Great. The beer, you man. You guys are lovely, and thank you so much. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy I met you. That IPA like, was well, kicking Many times you'll be here a lot more. I hope. So you know, it's not all glamorous doing this thing. We love it. It's great being glamour. Brewer, it's but... like the word I would oh. not put with it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what, what, what night was that? It was um, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night was it? Wednesday? No, Tuesday night. I'm brewing. I came home from work. And I started brewing at like five. It was a total. Well, by the time I got brewing, it was seven o'clock. So I came home. I had to crush the grains, and I'm having trouble with my grain crusher. I swear a lot. So I fill the hopper with grains, and it's going. Eh, it's crushing, crushing. All of a sudden, it stops crushing, but the machine's still going. Nothing's coming out. So I had to empty the hopper, figure out what's you know, adjust the the, the rollers, and start all over again. I it took me two hours to. Try finally get that thing to work. And I've been struggling with this thing for too long. I crushed the grains. Meanwhile, it's like 7.30. It's gonna be a late night. Okay, that's fine, I'm not working the next day. So I started the mash, I mashed. You just had to get up for surgery the next and day. And yeah, so I, I mashed. Meanwhile, it was pretty heavily hopped beer. So I, um, I threw a bunch of hops in without putting them in the bags. Normally you, you do that when you have large batches, you don't put it in bags. But you have a screen, but you didn't have so, a screen. What happened was when I was cooling the beer off, it, it uh, clogged my, my plate chiller. Which plate, is why you put them in bags, right? Yeah, right, it just so it clogged the plate chiller. So I took the plate chiller, I put it aside, I had a backup. I had this um, inversion um, thing that doesn't work quite as well. So I'm in the process, I, I, I had that hooked up. <laughs> and in the process of cooling the beer, we ran out of water. <laughs> I'm saying, what the? Oh, we ran out of water. Was like, we're fucking out of we're water. We're out of water. Can I do that? Sure. Okay, good. <laughs> so she was, well, yeah. We ran out of water. I'm saying, okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I have a backup. I actually have six blocks of ice. And they have no, we are, 18 like, gallons of water that I use for the second the stage of cooling. Here. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, the first stage is half done. I'll just start the second stage, which I did. And I managed to get that beer cooled. 
to a point where I can transfer it to the fermenter, and when it's a fermenter, I have glycol that chills it even further. So I, what, I'm, my, what I'm getting at is it was a very <laughs> difficult day brewing, and I salvaged the beer. The beer, the beer survives. Yeah, it's all about the beer. And That's right. When things aren't going well, I read this in a book. I don't can't think of the name of the book, the title of the book, but sit back and have a home. Just relax, oh, just and, relax have a home and, brew. and have a home brew. You that sit was, down, you have a home brew, and you think it through. This home brewing book in the seventies. I forget his name, but it was just everyone phenomenal. knows. The, I don't know the title of the book. And, uh, his whole thing, like when it's a total shit show, he's like, just relax and have a home. And brew. He's right. So our whole yeah. go-to totally is right. like when all hell is breaking loose. We're like, just relax and Any, have a home. Anytime brew. something goes wrong, take you a step never back, panic. pour a beer, and like think, think about, about it. it. Yeah. Work it out. It's all about the beer. So if I'm up all night, who cares? As long as the beer survives. Don't right. fuck up the beer. So and you know what? Out of all the brewers that I've met and I've hung out with, that has been very consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With everyone. It's like, hey, you know what? Shit happens, and then it happens again. When things like, are yeah, when things are going yeah. smooth, you better start worrying because something's gonna go wrong. Yeah, but also worrying and stressing out like doesn't solve the problem. Like everyone, like, you know. And you, you do sit have back. to dump some beer batches. You do have to dump batches. Yeah. Or turn them into... Okay, so one of the... Little, other things. Other a little thing. something extra. Yeah. So that same, that same brew, I got into the 50 minutes to go mark. And that's when you turn your pump on to start pushing the boiling wort through all your pipes and stuff to sterilize them. Sanitize, not sterilize. Because the boiling wort sterilizes it. Or actually right. sanitizes, whatever. My pump wouldn't prime. It took me, it took me 50 minutes for that pump to prime. And by the time I primed it, I had forgotten to put the jalapenos in the, in the beer. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, it was just a mess. It was just a, yeah. I'll try to say it without swearing it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it's, 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 you know, it's 1230. I'm, you know, I'm cleaning up. I'm saying. And you have surgery the next day. I might as well, have, I might as well go to the surgery hungover. So we popped a couple of. Oh yeah. Oh man. It was, it was just an awful. Night. It was an awful. That was one of those nights. Where it's like, why are we really glad we're doing this? And we say, still yes, still yes. Those are the, those yeah. are the days we say, I don't know, I don't. No, know. No, you sometimes say I don't know, but, but if you, know you what? still say the, yes. The, then the, okay. The entire so. night that all this went wrong, I kept saying to myself, I'm not a quitter. There's no way these problems are gonna make me quit. It, it, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Good for it's you. It's not gonna happen. Unless someone takes away my beer and I have to do this sober. Right. <laughs> then no, I'm going to quit. Seriously, it's, no, it's, uh, I just try to make jokes. You do it because it, uh, that's you, how you get through it. Yeah. You believe yeah. in it. And, uh, so I'm sorry. I, I'm curious now. We're talking about you brewing now and the process. Um, I've been out there. What is that machine? What is, you got one kettle to brew in. Yes. And so what is that? What is that contraption? What is with the winch? I, 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 <laughs> no, it's great. The reason why I, oh, I went with this system was because, number one, it's efficient. And number two, it's, it doesn't take up a lot of space. Normally, when you brew, you have three kettles. You have the, the hot liquor tank. You have the mash kettle. And you have the boil kettle. Mm -hmm. Well, I have one. So what I do is I, I get the, 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 the water, the hot liquor, to my, my mash temperature, which is... 150, 158, whatever the beer I'm brewing. And then what I do is I take this huge screen. It's a kettle with a screen on the bottom. And I lower that into the, the, uh, the actual kettle itself. And I pour the grains into that, that insert. And that's the mash. And I have a, an electronic controller that keeps the temperature right where I want it to be. And I, and I, re, I circulate water through. So the, water, the, the work comes up. And it goes down through the grain. It just circulates, circulates. And then when I'm and I monitor the the bricks. The bricks is the the way you measure the amount of sugar in the wort um, with a refractometer. At a, after about half an hour to four or five minutes, I'll find that the bricks doesn't move anymore, which means it's done mashing. So what I'll do is I'll take that winch. I'll lower the the winch, and I'll actually take that inserted uh, screen bucket and raise it up and when I do that it all starts to drain out it's like a sparge ah. all that beautiful wort starts to drain through the grain bed and then I'll turn the electronic device on to actually start to boil what's in 
in the kettle, and that'd take about half an hour. So in a half an hour's time, all of that beautiful wort just strains through the, the grain bed. Once, I find once the kettle starts to boil, I lift out the grain bed and, dry, and remove it. And now I have a kettle where I'm actually boiling the wort, the beer. Uh -huh, okay. So it's one kettle. It, it's like it's called a boil in a bag. It's called, it is called the Colorado brew system. It's a Colorado brew system. Who, who designed the guy it. who who designed it. Uh, so okay. it's not um, out there that much. But when it, we looked into it, they sent me references from other breweries. Like it really works. It's and they really use wonderful. This, uh, other brewery, for larger tiny, breweries, tiny spaces. Though. They use this for the pilot system when they're doing so, test batches. Right. And I got so you. Oh, okay. I'm using it to do all my beer because right. I have so limited water really and cool limited space. Whatever. If you want to look them up, Colorado Brew Systems, and and uh, Mike had been looking at designing something, and then they have this thing, and so we've been, and they they're wonderful. Like there are glitches in the system. It's a newish thing. But you have this one go-to guy. Yeah, oh, service the, is great. You're on the phone. You're like, hi, it's Mike again. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like, because oh, they're all great. about designing this, this uh, Crazy. system. It is. So I don't sparge. I, I actually, everything's done in that initial. But because of that, um, I can actually sparge. I can actually sparge and rinse the grains further, which would allow me to do brew bigger batches. So right now I could do about 25 gallons with just the brew in the bag. Brew in the, it's that's the term brew in a bag yeah like a one kettle system yeah i could do about 25 gallons of a, a lighter beer like a jalapeno jack mm -hmm. but if i'm doing a um, ultimate 57 which is the double ipa mm -hmm. or if i'm doing a quazilla um i can probably do 20 gallons at a time so we need to get um, bigger we, at some we point we need we'll another get barn yeah we know the barn well, <laughs> if we're know. successful add on and also bigger about the farm. grains another thing about the grains because we've worked with yukon ag extension about um, using everything on this property so we don't have to cart anything away a lot of breweries have, you have to get rid of the water you have to get rid of everything can be used on this property because we which have means a, you recycle everything nutrient management plan through <clears throat> the state but Wicked. it is really cool and that's a whole nother show that's another yeah discussion. i mean we have so many shows spinning off of this yeah. coming out of yeah. this but, that the cool thing is, this is a tiny operation, and we're producing way more grains. So we are, um, we I keep the grains for my animals, and then I have a friend who has Cold Spring Farm in East Haddam. Big, big operation. She's our CSA, our Community Supported Ag. So I go there for vegetables. I know her, her through the, the uh, Regional Ag, ag Council. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so basically I text her and say, we brewed, got grains, and the guy who works for her in town comes by and picks them up, and it's pig feed. So nothing's wasted. Like, yeah. my goats eat it, the chickens nothing's eat it, wasted. or cool. their animals eat it. I love that. And, um, I love yeah, that too. Yeah. And they, I mean, we cannot, for them, they're looking to... They're doing a GoFundMe or one of those things right now to have a one of their barns turned into this big community thing where it's education or you want to buy a whole pig. I know I have a hard time. I don't. I don't even eat but everyone else. Pig roast. No, no, I know, but pig <laughs> roast. No, but you can even buy like you can have a cooler there. Um, so you want to buy a cow for your whole year of meat. They'll you know, butcher like, it and you can store oh, it. No, exactly. So they're trying to do a GoFundMe. They'll be here at our um, oh, wow. soft I need to opening. Meet these yeah, I want to meet these <laughs> yeah. people. Uh, on, but Jeff yeah, and Jeff Stone. And uh, so all our grain is either going here or for their animals. That's so cool. That's awesome. I was, I was curious about that. I was going to ask about that later, but it came up right now. Yeah. It's and that is so awesome here. Yeah, it's a big you know, deal for brewers. I know some... Big, the bigger brewers are actually, uh, you know, it goes to some feed, but... Huge farms, some huge they're farms. They're actually, I, I heard that some of them are turning them into, like, six-pack rings. And that, really? <gasps> I awesome. would love to research that more. That, that look that. into that. And then really? they're, they're turning the old, uh, uh, the leftovers into six-pack rings, and they're biodegradable, and which yep. means the animals that no find kidding. them can eat them, yep. and it's safe and for them. Really? And that, that they yeah, won't be even killing sea animals. I was going to say, even sea animals? Even sea awesome. animals. Oh my God! It's the supposed, biggest source of pollution not in the sea is is plastic. Yeah, of course, is. there's of an course. island of plastic in I our know. ocean right now. The I size know. of Texas, right? Yeah, there's something like that. I worked at um because I am a teacher. I I'm worked at in. art science last year. This program runs through um. Barking. 
Boys and Girls Club in uh, Bristol. And we were all, all the kids were addressing problems from an art, I also do some artwork, art and science combined. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the big thing was the trash, the trash island, which is the floating and all the sea animals dying. And yeah. Kids addressing that. And one of the things that they came up with was using um, invasive jelly, is it this tangent okay? This is not yeah, your talk. Go for it. Um, so jellyfish are real invasive. They just become huge. So I used all the like washed ashore jellyfish to make plastic. So it's sort of the same thing that you could make a plastic out of jellyfish. And there's a company in Israel really doing it now. That's cool. And there's another guy doing it out of like mushroom roots, like plant roots, making like that kind of material. We don't need plastic. like biodegradable plastic. No. Don't need or plastic. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We have the science for it. You know, well, even more right. importantly. We have the raw materials. Yeah, we exactly. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, hey, there's no jellyfish shortage in ham and ass. A seventeen-year-old kid or something like that came up with an idea to actually get the plastic out of the ocean. It's kind of cool that using the actual natural yeah. currents of the ocean. Uh, it's something yes. about like trapping it. A and little machine. A little collecting it. Yeah, and, a little collecting machine. Yeah. And that where was this? Is? That was like a program that I work at, not my program, but a, like a 17-year-old yeah, kid, kid about collecting the plastic and I think heating it or melting it or I forget what they were going to do. Well, he, his idea, I think they're actually applying it, aren't they not? Yes. Yeah. It's really cool. That's yeah. very cool. Wow, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. That could well, be off the show, another discussion. I know. I mean, yeah. I mean we're going sorry. by. No, no don't too, be sorry. This no, is great. We've got so many. on um, Sunday. Is this okay that you're still recording or no? Whatever, I can always just cut oh, it yeah. out. So, but it's, uh, yeah, I wanted to, we can still talk, but I want to wrap this up because it's been, yeah, it's about that time. So, <clears throat> Nate, will you usher us out? Is it, is it that time? With your uke. Oh, uh, okay. And we're going to come back. such a good time. I know, we're all having such a good we time. We can stay. We'll so I just want to say, uh, you know, Thank you for enjoying a uh, another episode of Inside the Passion of Brew. And here we are at the Fat Orange Cat Brew Company, Brew Co. I got that Either right. way, company or co. Company or co. Saying thank you to Mike and Sheila for having us here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And we will be back, actually, in a few days. All right, Nate. Take us out.